And now, here they are, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Justin Shears, and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser-known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. Ooh, well, I gotta get over the record machine When it comes to rockin', she's the queen We love to dance on a Saturday night All alone where I can hold her tight But she lives on the 20th floor of town The elevator's broken down So I walk one, five, three, five, four Five, six, seven, flight, eight, flight, more Upon the 12th, I'm starting to drag Fifty before I'm ready to sag Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock We're all quite familiar with the story of how the Beatles came to be. Probably no other band's origins have been as thoroughly dissected as those of the Beatles. But I'm in bed with the aching feet Instead, let's fast forward to the 6th of July, 1957. The venue is the Walton Church Hall, and a 16-year-old John Lennon is on stage with his band, The Quarrymen. A few moments of this historic evening when John Lennon first met Paul McCartney just happened to be recorded by another local, Bob Molyneux, on his portable tape machine. Here's what John's first band sounded like on that very night, singing the Lonnie Donegan skiffle standard, putting on the style. Quarrymen and putting on the style, the first ever recording by a Beatle. Like most teenagers in the late 1950s, the Quarrymen were heavily influenced by Elvis Presley and, like most young bands, covered the songs of their idols. Bob Molyneux's tape also captured a few precious seconds of John and company belting out their rendition of Baby Let's Play House, a hit for Elvis and a song from which John would later, well, borrow a couple of lines to open his own song, Run For Your Life, from the 1965 Rubber Soul album. A song which was banned in Canada at the time because it was seen as being threatening to women. Let's listen in as John does his best Elvis impersonation. Following the Quarrymen's performance that evening, a mutual friend introduced 15-year-old Paul McCartney to John Lennon, who, after hearing him sing and play, recognised that it would be better to have a talent like Paul's in his band than to be a rival on the Liverpool scene. John asked Paul to join the Quarrymen a few days later, and one of the greatest songwriter partnerships of all time was born. Another major influence on both Lennon and McCartney was the great Buddy Holly, an artist who had not only had many hit records in his tragically short career, but also wrote most of his own songs. Holly inspired the teenage pair to turn their hands to songwriting, 
something which they had started to do seriously while sagging off from school at Paul's house. In the summer of 1959, the Quarrymen, now with the very young George Harrison in the lineup, who was added on the insistence of Paul McCartney, who knew him from school, had scraped together 17 shillings and sixpence to cut their very first record in the Liverpool drawing room of Percy Phillips, a local who had had some professional recording gear. The band recorded two sides, Buddy Holly's That'll Be The Day and a very early Lennon and McCartney original called In Spite Of All The Danger. Considering that the versions released on Beatles Anthology nearly 40 years later were heavily edited, the recordings you are about to hear are the most complete versions available. Scratches, crackles and all.
That'll be the day and in spite of all the danger, the Quarrymen's first ever professional recordings. The band received a single acetate copy of these songs, which had to be shared week about between all members of the band. For bands like the Quarrymen, honing their skills in the living rooms of Liverpool, knowing someone with a tape recorder was like finding gold. Paul knew a certain Charles Hodgson who owned a portable tape recorder and microphone and he lent it to the band in early to mid-1960. By this time, the band had lost a drummer, but had gained a bass player, a friend of John's from art college named Stu Sutcliffe. They had also changed their name to The Beatles, spelt B-E-A-T-A-L-S. Gathering in Paul's front room at 24thland Road, the future stars plodded their way through a series of long, rambling blues instrumentals, covers of songs by their favorite performers, as well as recording a handful of Lennon and McCartney originals. The tape machine, when finished with, was dutifully returned to its owner, complete with the full tape, which later found its way onto bootleg records after the Beatles had broken up over a decade later. Let's start with the rocking version of Duane Eddy's instrumental hit, Movin' and Groovin'.
The Beatles with Gene Vincent's Wildcat, the second of two versions of that song recorded in Paul's front room in the summer of 1960. At this time, Elvis was still the undisputed king of rock and roll. And one of his early tunes, That's When Your Heartaches Begin, was also treated to Paul's best Elvis Presley impersonation. Perhaps the most tantalising recordings from that summer of 1960 are of Lennon and McCartney originals, most of which have never seen the light of day since. Some songs, such as Hello Little Girl, would be gifted to other artists once the Beatles had become a huge sensation. Others, like The One After 909 and I'll Follow the Sun, would be revived and recorded themselves later in their career. But I'm saving these recordings for a future episode. The first Lennon-McCartney original I'm going to play from this home recording is called Some Days and features Paul on lead vocal. The lyrics are very basic, but enough to structure a song. Let's take a listen.
Some days, and You Must Write Every Day, another early Lennon and McCartney original, again featuring Paul McCartney on lead vocals. The next Lennon-McCartney original dates from a slightly earlier home recording, probably April 1960, and is an interesting recording, certainly not for its lyrical content, but more for its harmonies and vocal sharing, reminiscent of another of John and Paul's early heroes, the Everly Brothers. The song, Well Darling. That's it for this first episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to these rare, rough but revealing recordings of the band which would soon become the biggest the world has ever known. Next time we'll be travelling with the Beatles to Hamburg, the city in which they crafted their stage act and recorded with fellow British singer Tony Sheridan. Until next time... Cause it's